You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Polycystic ovary syndrome, a.k.a. PCOS, is a health problem that affects 1 in 10 women of childbearing age. Now, women with PCOS have a hormonal imbalance and metabolic problems that may affect their overall health and physical appearance and even fertility. To learn how to manage PCOS naturally, we have Robin Nielsen, women's hormone and health expert here today on Wellness for Life. She empowers women experiencing symptoms of hormone imbalance like weight gain, fatigue, and anxiety to become the CEO of their own health so they can feel sexier, more vibrant, and alive. All right. Welcome to Wellness for Life, Robin. Woohoo! I'm so excited to be here, Suzanne. So excited. <laughs> You're the best, man. You know what? You and I have been talking about getting you on the show for at least three years, and I'm so glad that we have, a t- have the time right now. <laughs> when the time is ready, the speaker it's, will appear. Yeah, You perfect. got it. You so, got so it. I'm grateful to be here. Absolutely. You know, I'd love to figure out right now. I mean, the thing that I'd like to like to share is what got you interested in women's health and especially balancing women's hormones? Yeah, well, um, well, I had my own issues. So, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I had the typical acne, um, but I had more than that going on. I had so many digestive problems. I remember when I was 19 years old, headed off to um, to Yellowstone to work for the summer, and I had to take my special toothpaste because I had receding gums and my teeth were so sensitive. I had arthritic symptoms in my hands in my 20s and the persistent acne just kept going on for decades. So um, my other big issue was I could gain five pounds in a day for no good reason. And at some point, you know, I completely had hormonal breakdown. And I remember I was, you know, driving home from work and I was, you know, on my country road headed towards home and winding that um, that tight curve there um, as I was getting closer to home, and I just had this complete meltdown, you know, that I wasn't doing a good job at anything. My health was at its lowest point ever, and I vowed to figure this all out for myself. So, you know, I was old when I was young, and it is my mission to help women, no matter what their hunger and challenge is, to figure it out and feel better than they ever have because I'm in my 50s and, you know, I feel way better than I ever did in my 20s. Well, I'm going to tell you, I know that there's a radio show, show so nobody can see the way you look, but I'm telling you, I've been in front of Robin and, and her energy and vibrancy really shows. And she definitely looks a lot younger than you, in your age. I mean, we both talk about it and what we've got to do to maintain that and that it does take work. It does take work. Did you get diagnosed but with, uh, you know, I mean, there's a personal question about P- with PCOS, uh, or did any doctor even help you with this? Well, my family was not very big on doctors. And even and even so, um, you know, PCOS didn't really start getting diagnosed until like, you know, 2003. And even then, you know, it's kind of a big bucket. So it's a big bucket um, and ki- kind of, you know, women who experience um, the more androgenic symptoms could possibly get diagnosed with PCOS, but it's so confusing. And, you know, our lab tests don't often show that there's something wrong. So unfortunately, even, you know, at 
back when, you know, I was struggling with so many of my symptoms, even if I had gone to the doctor, they, you know, they would have just said, oh, you're fine. You know, I mean, I had so many doctors say, oh, your acne's not bad. You're doing great. You know, just live with it or here, take these antibiotics or, you know, go on birth control pills or, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> give me a different option. And, uh, and so it just wasn't diagnosed very much. You know, I didn't have the internet to do any research and I didn't know that being constipated or not having a bowel movement every day was a problem, right? So I didn't know that a lot of what I was experiencing wasn't normal. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because you were being, you know, pushed back and saying you're totally normal, that you're healthy and and don't worry about it. You'll grow out of it. Let's say a lot of us would feel that. But, you know, when you look at the medical model, uh, way they they're looking really to just get rid of the symptom if you've got acne let's go ahead and use some type of a, a medical um, type of ointment or or a wash that will get rid of the acne but they're not looking any deeper and that's what you were searching right. for you want to get right. to the root cause yeah. and it sounds to me that you're with all of your searching and research you just you found you found a lot of problems that women suffer from and that's PCOS. So let's go ahead and give at least an idea of what does it look like, the typical PCOS woman? What does that look like? And and what can women do to get diagnosed for it? Mm. Well, um, I just have to say I'm not really big on a diagnosis. So I, I, I think that if that's something that really serves you and gives you a like, you know, relief from feeling guilty that it's your fault or, you know, whatever you need, then absolutely go for the diagnosis. But it's very hard to diagnose. And unfortunately, there's no standard woman um, that we can say, oh, this is PCOS. But just take a look at the symptoms that are very androgen-based, and that will give you a good clue as to whether you may be suffering from symptoms of PCOS. Keep in mind, PCOS is not anything if that makes sense. It's not anything. It stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. It's completely misnamed. If you have cysts on your ovaries that are, you know, growing larger, it's it's a result of potentially insulin resistance. It's, it's too much androgen excess, too much testosterone in your system. So, you know, if you have cysts on your ovaries, that's not the cause. So it's completely misnamed. And you may not have that as a symptom. You may have um, other androgen excess symptoms like hirsutism or that dark, coarse hair growth on different parts of your body. It doesn't count if it's just on your lip. It has to be um, on your lip, on your upper lip, um, possibly chin as well. Um, a couple of other places count nipple hairs, um, a little bit on your belly, um, back, right? So if you have the sorts of um, hirsutism or dark, coarse hair growth, then definitely um, that is androgen excess. If you have irregular menstrual cycles, a really good sign. If you're not ovulating, um, that's another sign um, that you could be on that path. If you gain weight really easily, and it's very hard for you to lose weight, right? If you are, you know, tired a lot of the time and you've got, you know, irritability. So irritability is a, is a pretty good sign that you have um, androgen excess. I was so irritable all the time. It, you know, if, you're, if you hate kind of living in your own skin, you know, you just can't feel that balance. You can't find that, that happiness, that, 
um, that just, you know, good feeling, um, that's a good sign. So even, even hot flashes, night sweats happen to so many in my community, um, in their twenties. So, uh, you know, that's why I say there's so many, uh, you know, um, symptoms that are very similar to women who are postmenopausal. So many similar symptoms. And so there are, you know, there are a number of root causes for this, but basically um, what's happening is that you are, you know, you're just producing too much testosterone, DHEA. For me, DHEA is sort of my my thing. So it's really easy for me to, I'm super sensitive to DHEA. So it's really easy um, for me to get out of balance if my, if I'm, <laughs> If I'm not metabolizing my DHEA properly. So does that give you some sort of uh, sense of some of the symptoms of PCOS? Absolutely. I mean, D, uh, just so that the listener understands, uh, the DHEA is a precursor to testosterone. You know, uh, we make all of our steroid hormones mm-hmm. in our body, especially DHEA from our adrenal glands, and it comes from the mother mother. In, um, substance called cholesterol, which we all know we all have. So cholesterol can become DHEA. DHEA can is the um, uh, parent upstream hormone that makes testosterone. So if you've got a higher level of DHEA, it's likely that you're going to have higher levels of testosterone. I would like to, you know, I love the fact that you're telling us that don't get stuck on the name PCOS, uh, that it is mm-hmm. a slew of different and everyone is super unique for their symptoms. Sure, there's a, a great deal of, of overlapping symptoms, but everyone, um, every woman has a unique position. And, and could it be also that there's a genetic pattern that puts you more in the state? Absolutely. So there are a lot of, uh, a lot of different, um, a lot of different, what we call uh, SNPs or, you know, polymorphisms that, that are, uh, prevalent in women who experience symptoms of PCOS, and he- here's the deal: it can it, it can be so many different things that can be at the root cause, and and that's the that's the kind of conundrum, right? That that maybe you say, okay, well then there's no hope. But the really great part is is that you know over you know all these years, and and what's so funny, I never knew I had PCOS. I mean, I, I never knew it was a thing, but, you know, persistent acne, irritability, so many of the things I was experiencing are classic, you know, PCOS symptoms. So, um, you know, I was never diagnosed. So, and I, you know, was able to heal myself. I actually got um, hooked up with an endocrinologist who was absolutely a rock star in solving these hormonal issues for women in a, um, in a functional way. So she was a pioneer 25 years ago. And so when I connected with her and started following her and reading all her stuff and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, how did she solve that woman's problems and how did she solve her problems? And, you know, I just started following that. And, and then, you know, of course went back to school and did all my work and, uh, and that's how I figured it out. And so, you know, the whole thing is, is that while, well, you know, it may seem very confusing and, you know, like there's no hope because we're so susceptible to so many things, um, there is so much hope. And just by, you know, taking care of yourself in, in a better way, you can see some profound change really, really quickly. So to get back to your question about genetics, it's interesting because we think of PCOS as an estrogen dominant condition, but it's not necessarily an estrogen dominant condition. So a lot of times estrogen is low as well. 
So we think that progesterone is too low, but estrogen is too high. It may be that estrogen is still a little bit too high in relation to progesterone, but sort of on the average or, you know, what we see is that estrogen is also low um, and, you know, both need support. And then we need, and, you know, testosterone gets a bad rap because it tends to cause a lot of the symptoms that we're experiencing, but we need testosterone. Like it's so important for so many different things for building bone and strength and getting out there and doing things. And, um, and it's just, we're just metabolizing it down a more potent, um, hormonal pathway. It's called the five alpha reductase enzyme pathway or the DHT pathway. And so we just need to, um, you know, figure out sort of what's going on and turn that ship around. And, you know, we're just more predisposed to toxins. So, for instance, um, BPA has been known to actually bind to our insulin receptor sites. So, it could be that it's not just your diet. You know, it's not just that you're not getting enough sleep. It could be that you're just exposed to too many toxins and all of a sudden it's causing this insulin resistance, which is causing, um, you know, the, all, of these, uh, all of these symptoms that you're experiencing. Oh, what you're sh- sharing is that there's so many different root causes of the syndrome. Mm-hmm. Syndrome basically means that you have all slew of these types of symptoms. And what is it though? If we have, as a listener, what is it that we can do to, to figure out some of these root causes? Because I know you've got an amazing website, PCOS.com. There's even, I believe, a quiz that someone can take to guide you. Is that correct? Absolutely. So you can just hop onto our website, PCOS.com and, you know, take the quiz to just sort of get a sense if, you know, if you might be experiencing some of these symptoms. And, you know, chances are, I know that you cited, you know, one in 10 women, um, you know, experience symptoms of PCOS at some time in their life. But we actually have found it to be more like one in three women experience these symptoms. It's really, really prevalent. And I think it's, you know, it's kind of based on, you know, just kind of the way our diet has gone and also, you know, the toxins that we're exposed to on a day in, day out basis. You know, our, you know, our food is just much less full of fabulous nutrients and, you know, we just don't have access sometimes to, uh, to the organic, beautifully nutrient dense food. So there are a lot of reasons why I think it's just so much more common now. Right, right. And obviously modern diseases, it's everything has to do with what we put into our body, what our exposures are, the epigenetic factors. Well, let's talk about now that you were talking about some of the things that we can do. What one number one you mentioned, be more organic and, and take out the pesticides in out of our lives because those are also xenobiotic. Those are estrogenic, uh, xenoestrogens. You also mentioned, uh, regarding the, um, I use uh, BPA, which is the plasticizers. Those are also estrogenic. Uh, what else can we help in balancing out our hormones? Mm, there's there's so many things we can do. So I what I call I call them underlying stressors. So you know, women with PCOS tend to be less stress tolerant, and that means that it's going to to imbalance our um, our cortisol. And our insulin. So I look at, I look at balancing hormones from those two hormones because those are considered our big hormones. You know, when we talk hormones, we always think about our sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. But it starts with the big ones, cortisol and insulin, because 
when those are out of balance, we're not making too many of our sex hormones. And so it's really important to make sure that you're taking a look at all those things that could be stressing your body out. And toxins are one of those things that are like air. I think of it that way because you can't see them, right? We don't know that they're in our environment. We don't know that they're in our food. We don't know that, you know, the household cleaners and the, the laundry detergents and the, you know, beautiful um, makeup that we're putting on has all sorts of toxins in them. So you know, you have to sort of become a sleuth to start figuring some of this out. And so I have the top 10 things that throw off your hormone balance. If you jump into our Facebook group, and I'll let Suzanne share that, um, you can grab the top 10 things that throw off your hormone balance. And, you know, there's things like food, you know, just what you're eating and when you eat. So those two things have a huge impact on how you feel. So and, you mentioned, and how many of these would you like me to go through? I know there's so many, right? You did mention about the insulin cortisol. I'd like to ask you uh, what, how that influences your um, estrogenic PCOS symptoms. Can you go over that briefly? I know, uh, you know, you kind of like, but the, as you say, they're two very important. And how can our listeners check to see if they're problematic? Yeah, so that's a great question. So, um, so we're covering a lot in a really short period of time, but cortisol is actually our circadian rhythm hormone that our little adrenal glands that sit on top of our kidneys produce. And we need it, right? We need it to wake up in the morning. We need it. It actually is responsible for so many different things that, um, well, our adrenals actually are in charge of balancing our blood sugar and I think they produce over 52 different hormones. They, you know, manage our electrolytes. They do so many different things. Um, but it's when it's chronically elevated, you know, when we're con- chronically stressed out and cortisol and insulin work together. So what that means is when cortisol is elevated, when you're chronically stressed, insulin is chronically elevated so that you can run from the tiger. Right, so that you can save your life, your body or your mind, your reptilian brain doesn't know that you're just sitting in traffic <laughs> or that you lost your car keys, right? You're freaking out. So those are things that can chronically stress you out. And as a result, that causes insulin resistance, right? So we have chronically high levels of insulin that is going to um, push the testosterone pathway to be metabolized more down that more potent pathway. It's going to push the production of more testosterone. Um, actually, insulin resistance is the main reason that you might get cysts on your ovaries. It's one of the main reasons that you might have an irregular menstrual cycle, not ovulate. Insulin resistance is one of the main reasons that you might be experiencing um, the more androgenic symptoms of hormone imbalance. Does that, and that help a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And is so I'd like to just target about infertility just a, a little bit only because mm-hmm. there is a lot of women. I mean, it's the as, number one cause. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it? Can it you, is. can you it's touch the number on that one cause of infertility? Yes. It's the number one cause of infertility because I, I would say that if you were to, if you were to pull, we've done many, many polls in our communities. And I think that menstrual irregularity is the number one symptom. Um, that and weight gain. 
those are the two biggies that can be pretty devastating for women, especially, you know, if you want to start a family. And, you know, it's not just that they're, the menstrual cycles aren't coming. Sometimes they're coming and they're coming very often and they're very heavy, but there's no ovulation. So it's, um, it's pretty devastating. And, uh, and yeah, I think that those are the, the two biggies if you were to ask women. Will you be able to check with an ovulation kit that you can buy at any drugstore and see if you may, would that be a, an indication if it, you don't ovulate that maybe you do have PCOS? Well, you know, anovulation is not, is, is, you don't, you can't really go by just one symptom for PCOS. So you would be experiencing other, you know, of those androgenic symptoms um, along with anovulation. And I really like the fertility awareness method for starting to figure out, you know, like there, I really like the daisy. And I think that's really helpful for women to figure out if they're ovulating or not. And I like us to start getting more in touch with our bodies. You know, I did a, a conference last year, the Natural Solutions for PCOS online conference, and I interviewed, I don't know, over 45 speakers. You can grab it on our website. It's incredible. I covered every single topic related to PCOS. And, um, and I really like that, um, that, uh, fertility awareness method, but I also like getting in touch with our own bodies. And it kind of freaks me out to think about this because when I grew up, we didn't talk about anything. You know, of course we didn't talk about poop, but we certainly didn't talk about a menstrual cycle or ovulation, or I didn't even know where pee came out of. <laughs> this is probably too much information, but it's so true. You know, for women, we just don't, like, nobody teaches us these things. It's not like the penis, you know, where it's really obvious. You know, so, um, so, so, you know, we want to start touching down there, right, and feeling the mucus that we secrete. And it's that kind of egg whitey, um, you know, mucus that we, uh, that we produce when we're ovulating. So you, you really want to start getting more in, in connection with your body and, you know, what's happening and, you know, more in connection with the moon cycles, right? When it's full, full moon to new moon, you know, uh, we're kind of going more in and when it's new moon to full moon, we're, you know, we're sort of coming out and trying to get our cycles, even just the way we live more in sync with the moon cycle. And we know that when we start having a more regular menstrual cycle, we are coming back home to our bodies. I interviewed Dr. Jerry Lynn Pryor and she's actually um, a crazy, amazing researcher. She's an MD um, who's spent I don't know, last 30 plus years researching women's health and the, and the woman's menstrual cycle um, up in Canada at the university. And um, I interviewed her and, uh, you know, if you only listen to one interview, that would be a fantastic one to listen to. She's just super, super knowledgeable. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, you know, there's just so much information out there. But the bottom line is we just have to take really good care of ourselves. You know, I'm a tennis I'm a tennis freak right now and the, you know, Wimbledon is going and two of my favorite players are playing right now. And um, there's an up and coming player and they were talking about how, you know, everything he does, you know, everything he puts into his mouth, you know, how he runs his life, you know, he asked the question, you know, is this going to help me play better tennis? And I think you've got to figure out like, what is that question for you? You know, is this going to help me ovulate? Is this going to help me have more energy? Is this going to help me um, just feel better about myself and my life? And I think that's a great, a great way to, um, to approach it. 
Oh, Robin, so much great information. You know, we went from the foods that you eat have an effect on how you feel and imbalance imbalances with your hormones and possibly PCOS, environmental toxins will will be also part of that. Your underlying stressors, mm-hmm. you know, and your biorhythm yeah, and yeah. how you connect with your body. Robin, mm-hmm. thank you so much. PCOS.com. There's amazing amount of information. I mean, you go there. It's the best place that I've ever seen that you can get information about balancing your hormones, about finding out if you might have some of these issues, about how the solutions. Um, they've, she's got all sorts of solutions and even supplements that will be able to help you from the inside out. Thanks again, Robin. Thanks again. Boy, this is Thank a you, lot of Dr. great stuff. <laughs> you bet. You bet. You know, I know. Oh. Love you. Love you too. Absolutely. Thank you. Adore you, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Have awesome. Everyone out there, you know, when you're listening into this and you get such great value, do share it with your people that you know, your sisters, your mother, your girlfriends, you know, and yourself. Uh, We all need to feel better. And I know that PCOS.com will be able to help you do that. And if you're the first time listening here, please do subscribe and connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Suzanne. I post regularly and I'll be able to engage with you with, and I, I, I actually answer my own comments uh, personally. So um, if you want to dig deeper with health issues, I work with people all around the world and you can get my contact info on drsuzanne.com website. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.